0: and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message.
1: Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. You think she said it like that? Almost like, here it is, deal with it. And by the way, your grandson, he'll be the son of the most high God. Yeah, how, how do you even say that? The angel told her not to be afraid. And Mary, well, we know she was faithful. So maybe, maybe she just decided to believe him. That whatever was about to happen, she was gonna be okay. When do you think she realized that she hadn't accidentally found herself in this situation, but she'd actually been chosen for it? Because when you know that you're chosen, that's when you know that you're loved. And when you're loved, well, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. But Mary dared. She dared to trust God as she watched him give life, then give it up for our sakes. And it all. In the unforgettable miracles, and the very scary moments, she trusted his will rather than demanded answers. Walked forward instead of turned back. Stepped out instead of hid. Kind of makes you want to be like that little girl, huh? So do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests.
0: Well, good morning, Hope Church. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> Underwhelmed. I mean, I wasn't feeling particularly Christmassy. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Christmas, but I wasn't feeling Christmassy yet. So before I started to prepare today's message, I thought I better put on some Christmas music, eat my first Christmas stolen, you know, just had to do it for the Lord, you know. And uh, I think that might have helped. Well, that is somewhat ironic because actually the original uh, observation of Advent in the early church was characterised by fasting, much like Lent. So maybe an Advent fast might help offset the Christmas celebrations, I don't know. But as you know, eating too much cake is the sin of gluttony. However, eating too much pie is fine. Because the mathematicians will know that the sin of pie is zero. But it must be recognised that some pi r squared. <laughs> so we're going to take a pause from our series, The Promise and the Purpose, during Advent, because we're going to explore what is the wonder of Christmas. But speaking of Christmas, some quick notices about the festive season. First of all, all of our events are listed on the Hope Church website, which can be found where? Who knows? Where is the Hope Church website? So on the internet, thank you. <laughs> that's in the black box with the red light on it, isn't it? Yes. Don't break the internet. So it's thehope.church. The hope dot church, okay? And for, you want to go straight to the Christmas links, there's a there's a link on the homepage if we go straight to Christmas. It's thehope dot church slash Xmas. Or thehope.church slash Christmas. Both of them, both of them work. But some of our highlights are we've got the Carols by Glowstick celebration on December the 11th at five o'clock we've got Puss in Boots the pantomime oh yes we have on um, December the 17th uh, and Christmas morning will be here at 10:30. Uh, if you are able to help at some of those events Claire would love some help uh, managing, man- managing the refreshments um, so please speak to Claire she's the embarrassed looking one at the back waving her hand in the air right now there we go now, if you want to come and see the Panto, you do need to book your ticket. Tickets are free, but you do need to book. We've not done any promotion yet. Half the tickets are gone already. Yeah. And I don't think, I looked down the list, I don't think anyone from Hope Church has yet to book a ticket. And half of them are gone. So what are you going to do as soon as you get home today? You can go to the Hope Church website, which can be found at? Well Well done. Excellent, both of you, for paying attention. (laughs) Book your tickets. Okay. Gaius was an ambitious young politician and military commander in the Republic. His power and influence grew following a series of great military victories. He was expanding the reach and the dominion of the Republic that he served. The Senate... The government of the Republic became uncomfortable with his increasing power and ordered him to step down from his military command, return to the Senate, and answer for his actions. He refused. He did not listen, and instead he returned home at the head of a mighty army and took control, establishing himself as ruler and dictator in the final years of the Great Republic. Now, you might be thinking, is this in fact the plot of the rise of the Empire from Star Wars? But actually, it's the story of the final days of the Roman Republic. Gaius, or to use his full name, Gaius Julius Caesar, ruled the Roman Republic for almost a decade. He had a sister who had a grandson called Octavian, and Caesar adopted him as his heir. And when Julius Caesar was assassinated in about 44 BC, it signaled the end of the Roman Republic. Octavian, he inherited Caesar's great wealth and the loyalty of his Roman legions. Mark Antony wasn't happy about this. He aligned himself with uh, Cleopatra of Egypt in opposition to Octavian. And there was a great civil war, in fact, the last civil war of the Roman Republic. Octavian was victorious. He destroyed Mark Antony and his army and he established the Roman Empire. Octavian was named Emperor for Life and he changed his name to Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus began to expand the borders of the Roman Empire all around the Mediterranean Sea, pushed down into Africa. And after years of civil war and strife, The Roman Empire provided almost 200 years of peace within its borders for its citizens. The Pax Romana, the Roman peace, ensured the protection of citizens of Rome wherever they walked upon the face of the earth. Caesar Augustus, he reformed the taxation system. He developed the network of roads, a national, international courier serviced. He built the Praetorian Guard and a police force and a firefighting service to protect the city of Rome, rebuilding much that had been damaged through all the wars and civil wars. Caesar Augustus, he brought peace to a violent and turbulent world. Well, rather, he enforced his own personal vision of peace with an iron fist, whether you wanted it or not. But his political and administrative brilliance enabled a vast empire to function and he brought huge amounts of treasure up from Egypt to fund his empire. This vast empire he ruled over, he, in fact, he's considered by historians to be one of the greatest leaders in human history. And it was this, Caesar Augustus, who issued a decree. Luke chapter 2. At that time, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire roman empire this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of syria and all returned to their ancestral town to register for this census and because joseph was a descendant of king david he had to go to bethlehem in judea david's ancient home he traveled there from the village of nazareth in galilee and he took with him mary to whom he was engaged who was now expecting a child And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared before them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them and said, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now with the benefit of our little history lesson about the life of Caesar Augustus, I'm I'm struck by some odd parallels between the stories. How one ruler who enforced a peace through violent repression is a key player in the birth story of the Prince of Peace. Augustus, he issued this decree for census, and in doing so, causes Joseph and Mary, who lived in Nazareth, up in the north of the, the land, to travel 80 miles south down to Bethlehem so that the prophet Micah could be proved right. When he said, in Micah chapter 5, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in distant past will come from you on my behalf. Caesar Augustus, he fought wars to gain and grip hold of that Roman throne in a death grip. And yet Jesus, he gave up his power and his glory in heaven in order to be born in the dirt in a stable. As it says in Philippians, though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave to be born as a human being. Now, in the first century, there was a, a Roman writer. It was a pagan. He called Epictetus. But he wrote this. He said, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion and grief and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man Yearns for more even than outward peace. The theme of today's message is the wonder of his love. And in the video, the angel made the point that love is revealed through the choices that we make. Jesus showed his love for us all when he chose to step down from heaven into the dirty stable. And God showed his love for Mary when she was chosen to be the mother of of the son of god. Now when you pick up a piece of fruit whether it's in the supermarket or in the in the fruit bowl at home you you take some time to to choose the one that that's just right the one that's ready Now when god chooses you you know that that means you are ready. Whether you feel like it or not. Because God does not make mistakes. I love the smell of clementines and satsumas at Christmas. Can you smell it? And have you ever noticed how smells really trigger memories, don't they? For me, for some reason, Christmas is the smell of clementines and cigars. Because <laughs> as a young child, we'd always go and visit grandparents who lived in, in Bristol. And Boxing Day, we would go around Aunt Elizabeth and Rodney's house. And Uncle Rodney smoked cigars. And we rarely saw them, So, but whenever we saw them, it would be at Christmas time. And so this, the aroma of his cigars mixed with the smell of the clementines or the terry's chocolate oranges, will be in the house. Aroma triggers memory. So why don't you, over the Christmas season, every time you smell a satsuma or a clementine, let it remind you that God chose you and you're ready for what he chose you for because he chose you. He ch- chooses you when you're ready. God did not make a mistake. God did not peek forward into or fail to peek forward into your future and omit to notice all the stupid things you're yet to do. <laughs> in fact, there is just one word that is never spoken in heaven. God never says, oops. Didn't see that coming. Today, God wants to remind you all that you are chosen by him, whether you feel like it or not. Jesus said in John 15, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Maybe including Clementine's, that I don't know. So that the father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Now, Spurgeon once joked, I believe God chose me before I was born because he never would have chosen me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, God, who knows us completely, he knows all the things we are going to get wrong and do wrong next week. And yet today, he chooses us. And he appoints us to go and produce fruit, trusting us to do a job in his kingdom, knowing full well all the ways. We are yet still to mess up. And he chooses us anyway. As the angel said in the video, he said, you know when you're chosen. That's when you know that you're loved. And when you're loved, well, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. And the challenge for us this week is, I dare you to live as if you are chosen and loved by God. I dare you to walk forwards instead of turning back. I dare you to step out instead of hiding in the shadows. I dare you I dare you to be loosed to be scared and do it anyway. You know I think through the prophet Isaiah God speaks to us when he says in Isaiah 45 why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not even know me? And the answer is, for the sake of his kingdom. In the Old Testament, that was referred to as Israel. In the New Testament area where we live, it is the church. In other words, the Father says, for the sake of my family. Now, maybe it's just the influence of the stories of Dickens, But at Christmas time, we often think more about the plight of those less fortunate than ourselves and what can we do to help them. In Malmesbury, every year, all the churches club together to provide a supermarket gift card to families who may be struggling with the extra cost of the season. And this year, Hope contributed £1,000 into that fund from our central giving funds. And there's about probably 85 families that are going to share those vouchers. Um, I think we'll buy them from Aldi this year and they go out in early December but thank you for your faithful giving all year round that allows us to do things like that earlier Richard mentioned Sat7 which we support the creating of Christian children's programs that are beamed into homes in the Middle East now as a church every year we donate about 10% of all of our income to local causes here in Malmesbury to national charities in the UK and to some international work So if there's a Christian charity that you support, that you care about, that maybe we could support next year, then please let us know. In our Bible passage this morning, as the shepherds were washing their socks by night out in the fields of Bethlehem, let's read again what it says, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory Surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord is born today in the city of David. The shepherds were chosen. They were chosen by God to be among the first people to hear about and go and see the newborn Messiah. But what will they choose to do in response? Will they get up and go and see? Or will they think, oh, can't be me. I'm just a shepherd. I've got no business with angels and kings. Those angels must have got lost. They're obviously intended for someone else. The next field over, perhaps. Maybe there's some clever people in that field. But let's read on, verse 15. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Now, those shepherds, they encouraged one another. Come on, let's go and see. Come on, let's go and see. And then they hurried. They hurried. Having chosen what to do, they got on with it Immediately the Holy Spirit reminding you right now of something that you've chosen to do but not yet started or finished mate like a shepherd get on with it mate like a shepherd and encourage one another as it says in Thessalonians encourage each other build each other up just as you're already doing and in Hebrews 10 it says let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially now the day of his return is drawing near. So what is so special about these shepherds that the God of the universe chose them to be the first visitors to his newborn son? Well, I'll tell you what was special about them. They were special because God chose them. God didn't choose them because they were special. They became special because God had chosen them. And God has already chosen each one of you. And in doing so, he has made you special as well. I've noticed that that us Christians, we spend a lot of time thinking and worrying and pondering about, what does God want me to do And the fear of doing the wrong thing often results in us doing nothing. Let me share with you a secret. What we do is not the important thing. Now, God is not looking for more servants. He is not shorthanded in the heavenly hosts. There are not lots of jobs left unfinished in heaven. You see, the point of being chosen by God to do the good things he prepared for us to do before the foundation of the world... The point of the doing is not the completing of the jobs. It's not the ticking off the tasks on the divine to-do list. The point of the things that God asks us to do is not the thing itself, but how it changes us in the doing. Because of that step of faith, that leap of faith that we have to take. Because we need to rely on God's strength rather than our own. Because we're forced to study his word and open our Bibles because it's the only way we'll ever get the revelation and inspiration that we need to do the thing. The point of the thing that God chooses us to do is not the thing in itself. The point is the person that we turn into. The point is what we grow into through the doing see, God is in the business of transforming and renewing and restoring His children. You and me, we are being transformed little by little to become more like Jesus. We have been chosen. We are being transformed. And the fastest transformations happen when we hurry and do the things that God has chosen us to do. So this Advent season, whenever you smell the tang of the Clementine or the Terry's chocolate orange, whatever you prefer, remember that you are chosen. And when you know you're chosen, that's when you know you're loved. And when you're loved, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you choose us. You chose us, Lord God, even though we didn't deserve it. We thank you, Lord God, that you make us more than we could ever be on our own. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the door opener, Lord God, the road straightener. You are the one that gives us strength to do things that we never thought we could. And all we need to do is take that step of faith and do what you ask so in this Christmas season Lord God in this Advent season as we we prepare to celebrate your coming may we remember at all times every day that we are chosen we are beloved we are the apple of your eyes